podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Hello and welcome back to the Bold and Bruin Sports Podcast. Today, we will have the most amount of interviews and content since the pep rally with four interviews consisting of one roundtable, which means five people are being interviewed. We have Coach Carroll and Patrick Movey for Winter Track and Coach Palumbo with a roundtable of Chloe Socking and Marie Drew for Marksmanship. Stay tuned for an overwhelming 13th episode. It was a rather busy week for the Bruins and our podcast. Starting things off with boys basketball, the boys Bruins squad earned themselves a 63-59 loss, unfortunately against Newburgh Free Academy. Kamani Jones earned himself the most outstanding player award with 15 points, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Continuing with girls basketball now, the Lady Bruins opened up their season with a 56-44 win against Ward Melville. Nellie Downing earned herself game MVP with 18 points and five makes from behind the arc. Dana Elcock also earned herself 12 points and three makes from behind the arc. Now switching over to boys wrestling now, the boys earned themselves their first dual meet win of the season with a 68-18 win against Hicksville. They won 12 out of 15 matches with gritty wins coming from Jelani Dow, Ethan Saif, and Daniel Martinez. Now going over to co-ed marksmanship, the ladies and men earned themselves a 642-640 win against Freeport. They were led by seniors Marie Drew and Maya Ross. But later in the week, they would fall to Salonica in what was an unfortunate loss. Now going over to the lanes, we have boys and girls bowling. The boys sweeped Hempstead 11-0 in what was only their second match of the season. And then later in the week, they also took down Oceanside to improve to a 2-1 record. The girls, on the other hand, beat Hempstead 8-3 in what was a tough, tough match. And then they would beat Oceanside 8-3 in what was a strong performance by April Red. Now going over to the track now, Baldwin Boys Winter Track faced groups A and B. You'll find out what that means later in the show. And what was a valiant effort by everybody on the squad. Jeremy Jean-Baptiste earned himself fourth place overall in the 55-meter run with a time of 7.2. He also placed first place in the 55 hurdles with a time of 8.54. Justin Ross earned himself fourth place in the 55 hurdles with a time of 8.88. Now, for the girls, it was a very tough showing for the Bruins, who look to bounce back next week in what will be a tough meet against teams such as East Meadow, Farmingdale, Freeport, Oceanside, Syosset, and much more. And now, that was our recap of scores from throughout the week, and Tyler will give you guys your Game of the Week. This week is going to be the first week in a while we're going to be doing a game breakdown. For a game breakdown, I will be doing Boys Varsity Basketball's first game, which was non-league, against Newborough. Sadly, the score is 59-63, and we lost, but in every loss, you know there's a lot of things to talk about, so let's get right into it. The Boys Varsity Basketball team has had a little bit of game experience as a team with scrimmages against Southside on November 30th and another scrimmage against Manhasset on the 3rd. With many new additions to the team, these scrimmages were pretty essential. Players like Keon Wingate, Jeff Doobie, Josh Minton, Trey Parkin, and Aaron Taylor, who was a practice player last year, 
and many more potential big-time players have joined this roster. And now to talk about the actual game itself and why we lost that game. I am a manager for the team and I watch them practice every day. I can tell you that that team that played against Newborough was not the team that I watch in practices and scrimmages. They're not the same. I understand the fact that those are just practices and scrimmages which aren't as serious and competitive as a real game, but they just didn't play like themselves. Newborough has proven to be no joke and maybe it was just that the fact that Baldwin was nervous and it was their first game playing as a team and Newborough is very athletic and tough to play against, but there were a couple blocks and dunks early in the game that I believe took some of the confidence out of our star varsity players. Like I said earlier, Newborough is clearly no joke and they came with the aggression and I believe that they took over the mental game of the sport. Baldwin for the last few years when it comes to boys varsity basketball has been a team that plays through their guards and forward. By forward I mean their number three, their small forward. And this style of play has not changed from the looks of it this year. I think that this team should try to feed the ball to the inside because they do have bigs that to put the ball on the floor and also put the ball in the basket. Like post players like Jeff, who's around 6'6", and Isaiah Walker, who's around 6'4". I believe that they could really take over the inside game if they really tried to. Turnovers as well. Turnovers were a big part of the loss against Newborough. Baldwin had 16 turnovers as a team. This varsity squad needs to learn how to take care of the ball if they want to go far this season. The ball is their friend and they need to know how to make plays and show their offensive dominance after they play defense and maintain the also, another thing that was obvious if you were watching the game was that the basics and simple things of basketball like boxing out, rebounding, free throws, hustling, and even catching the ball at some points were difficult for this team. I believe that they were just really nervous and it affected the Bruins and how they played. But this was definitely a learning experience. You guys know that I love stressing that. It is only the first game, so there's always things to build off of. You could watch film, learn from this. But I believe that these silly mistakes will definitely be taken care of by Coach Burton before they have their first league game on the 17th against Plainview. First on the list of interviews, we have Winter Track's top dog, Coach Carroll. Here today, I am with the man, the myth, the legend, D. Carroll. You know, there's a lot of Carrolls out there, so you know I have to specify which one. All right, Boys Winter Track is one of the more popular sports here at Baldwin. What are the events that are lined up for Boys Winter Track? Well, the events uh, go the 300, the 600 meter, the 1,000, the 16. We have um, 55 and 55 hurdles. Uh, we have 4x2, four 4x4, four four, four shot and high jump, long jump, and triple jump. All right, can you break down uh, a couple of those because I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, well. You don't have to do all of them. Well, okay, the one event that you're gonna see, I think one of the top, one of our top guys, Jeremy Jean Baptiste, he's a uh, 55 hurdler, and he's a 55 dash guy. And last night, he took first overall of all the teams in the hurdles, and he came in fourth in the 55 dash, which was tremendous. Uh, since we're already talking about Jeremy a little bit, can you talk about how his, how his development was? How it's going? I will tell you, when he first started doing the hurdles, it was kind of like it was rough to watch <laughs> because uh, with most people, there's a lot of face planning. But um, he picked it up rather quickly. He's, very, he was, he's a student of the, uh, of the, of the event. Um, he's had some help along the way from guys that have hurdled previous. And he's just been very consistent working on it all year round. And when he gets a chance, he goes down to Hewlett and works down there because they leave all their stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, even though winter track is pretty popular, there are more people who run spring track than winter track. Why do you think this is so? Well, the one big reason is that it's technically it's a little warmer. Yeah, it's a lot warmer. Yeah, which that's false. Really? You <laughs> think so? It's oh, pretty yeah. cold until about April. That's true. April, end of May. But nonetheless, I can get anywhere between 75 and 80 kids out. 
for spring. Really? Yeah. How many do you have right now? Right now on the roster, I have 54. That's a lot. I thought it was like 30 around there. No, no. That's right. pretty ridiculous. What skills do you try to develop to your runners during this cold? Well, right now, I'm not so worried about their time as they're putting in the time as far as their workouts. You know, the times will come. Uh, a day like today, we're just going out to do a recovery run from last night. And, you know, we'll get them back on track for, uh, for next Tuesday. I've heard from a lot of your runners that what you guys did yesterday, that little meet, was pretty pretty you know outstanding you know I heard it was pretty I heard it was a good meet but also very tiring long well the problem is you you come to school at whatever time in the morning we leave at 4 30 the meet starts at 6 30 yeah. gets done at 10 30 and then it's 45 minutes home from there so I we get back here at 11 30 I could never be a track runner it's for that reason that the winter that's the worst <laughs> part and then you have the endless hours at the armory that's a 12 hour day no matter how you look at it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. What players do you expect big things from this season, like uh, state and county qualifiers? And we could possibly be interviewing one of them later with Patrick Mulvey. Oh, yeah. Definitely Patrick Mulvey. Definitely Jeremy. Um, I'm looking for big things out of Isaiah Fimster, uh, Renato Brazis. Um, I think these these guys right here, they're going to be the core of this, of this winter program. And if they're not in the counties or going to state queues, then there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, they, they should be there. They, I would like to see them in states, which, by the way, is held at Ocean Breeze on Staten Island. It's a beautiful facility. When? Uh, March 7th is the states. We're going there on December 14th for the Nassau County Coaches Meet. So that's going to be interesting. I talked a little bit about Pat Movie, and I have him later on the show. Can you talk about the talents of Patrick? Because I've only heard the legends about him. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, um, he's a hardworking kid, as they all are. His brother was a hardworking kid who, who was relentless in running the eight. And he finally, his brother broke two towards the end of the season. Patrick's already broken two. Patrick is, uh, that's for spring. He's running the six in the winter and the thousand. And it's very similar, but, you know, there's a couple hundred yards different uh, meters between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And... Um, because otherwise uh, people would say oh track is track it's you know the same thing it's not it's, it's different events for different seasons so um, Patrick though uh, his work ethic is uh, is unbelievable he you know he just comes and does his thing and then you know he's very quiet very workmanlike like you said track is definitely not an easy sport no. so how tough is it for you to motivate your runners to keep pushing through and to break their limits because I think that's the toughest part about being a coach it track. really is because um, you know most people don't understand this but you run to warm up you run to work out <laughs> and then you run to cool down <laughs> so the main theme here is you are running all the time. It's hard to motivate. Us. A lot of these guys have to be self-motivated, too. They really have to want to do this because I can't make you do certain things. You know, I can you know, put you out there, yeah. but if you're not pushing yourself day in and day out, it's it's tough. I think motivating them is the hardest part. It but is. I'm actually not a coach. Oh, it is the hardest part. Yeah. Okay, I was going to ask you what the hardest part Okay, okay, that's easy then. Yeah. All right, you are a coach of the team, but you can't talk to everybody because you have around 50 kids. You can't talk to everybody, see everybody. So who do you really look for as kind of like an assistant coach in a way that's on the field with them as like a brotherly help to the other kids? Well, I will tell you, um, Renato, Isaiah, 
guys that have been in the program for two and three years because mm-hmm. the older guys did that for them. Um, not gonna lie to you, you know, it's one coach, 50 kids, and it's 16 events in the winter. It's a coach and a half, and when I say a coach and a half, because we have a shared coach in the spring, you know, that's 17 events. I can't be, you know, yeah. I can't be everywhere. <laughs> you know, so it's hard. Like I have Mike Prater at the long jump. He's been working at this now for four years and I'm hoping his hard work pays off. He had a good night last night. Jumped 17 and three quarters how, to start the season. How spectacular is he? Because he tells me a lot about his work ethic and his drive to continue the long jump. Well, his work ethic is, you know, unquestioned because, you know, it's, he, he goes out and that's lonely too because he goes down in the corner there and does his jumping with three or four guys and he's actually helping them because I really can't leave the runners alone, the sprinters, because if I did that, then they would all be sitting down. <laughs> you know, So I have to kind of keep them moving. The guys doing the field events, and, and, I, and I stress this, that they have to be, one, self-motivated. They have to be mature enough to go out and do that, put the work in. Because as I tell them, your test is every Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, every, every Tuesday when we go out to St. Anthony's or on Saturdays when we go to the Armory or the Ocean Breeze, that's your test. I know this is a winter track conversation right now, but you don't only do winter track, you also do football. Yes. How long have you been in, how long have you been in the Bruins football system? I've been, well, I've been coaching for 33 years with my brother Stephen. Um, he's been here a lot longer than I have. I played here when I was in school here. I graduated in 73. What were you? I was an offensive lineman. I was a tackle and a D-end. It's kind of weird because you were an offensive lineman, but you do defensive coordinating now. Yes. <laughs> yes, you, you kind of get a grasp of you know certain things when you play certain positions. You get an idea of what, what people are thinking about. And, you know, I've... I honestly believe this, that uh, all these years of coaching have kept, kept me young. <laughs> I can I mean, tell. You don't, look, you don't look that old. You look 21, about thanks. 21, maybe 16. You're you know? my guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you just finished another football season yes. with your brother as a defensive coordinator. Yes. That's where you got your nickname from, DJ, yes, right? Yes, that is correct. All right, how does it feel working with your brother for 30-plus years? I got to tell you, it's great. It's, you know, we have a great relationship. We, you know, I, I see all my bro- my other brother as well. Um, we're very tight. We always were. Uh, we've always enjoyed football. We always thought about coaching football. This was a great opportunity when it came up. Uh, we spent a lot of time going around to different clinics up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Mm. Uh, we've even gone to Peyton Manning's Passing Academy. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's cool. that's something to, uh, you know, if you get a chance, that's the place <laughs> to go. And that was down in southeast Louisiana. And... It was fantastic. It was do, the, do you guys have that like brotherly rivalry like most brothers? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, we do. You know, because there's days when you know this the offense is running against the defense, and it's like mm-hmm. who's gonna best who. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it happens. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I can feel that. You know, it even I, happens I, when we used to play paddle ball together. Really? Oh yeah. Man, you, Every, guys, you guys definitely go way back. I could tell. Yeah, I could tell. You guys always been you know tight, close brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Back to track talk. Yes. You know, even though, you know, football guy, track guy, there's lots of, <laughs> lots of to talk about with you. Back to track, though. Uh, I just had to throw a football in there because I was curious about what was going That's on. That's fine. What are your goals for this season? My goals for this season are for us to actually win our conference during the winter and then challenge for a county in the winter. Winter, mm-hmm. winter track is a necessary evil for spring. And by that, I mean you really should be running now to be ready in shape for when we get going in the spring because 
No lie, if you aren't doing anything now, when spring rolls around, it's going to take you at least four to five weeks to get in shape. Really? Totally. I mean, to run flat out. Um, so it's, it's when I try and sell it like that, some of the guys buy in. Most of the guys that I've talked about have bought in on that, know what it's like, know what it takes to do, you know, what we have to do to get to that conference title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a real good shot at it. I think we have a lot of deep, lot of, we're deep in a lot of spots and we're very good. I have faith in you guys completely. Who are some of the most talented athletes that you've worked with in track in general through the past, I don't know how many years? Ah, well, it's eight years. Uh, Some of the most talented kids were, uh, I'm gonna go back to my first year. I had, we won the county my first year. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I had kids, Bud Brown, Trayvon Mask, Whoa, Bud Brown, that's my brother. You're kidding me. That's my brother. Get Bud out Brown. of town. I'm so serious. He wears his jacket all the time. Yeah. Really? Uh, your brother was the man. <laughs> that's crazy. Your brother was on our 4x4 four <laughs> four that took second in the state. When, really? Yeah, we were up at uh, Middletown, and uh, it was it had rained the day before, so Friday was a washout. It was a one-day state meet. We were the last event of the day, the 4x4. Four four. And we went out there, and they... We lost to Elmont by hundredths of a second. And, right. you know, for three out of the four legs, they were looking at the back of our jerseys. Right. And they just, you know, they were like ranked number one or two in the state. And, you know, they weren't giving that up so easy. But I'm going to tell you right now, those guys' work ethic was above and beyond most of the guys I have right now. That's crazy. I'm really just shocked right now that you said that. You know, that's, that's really interesting. All right, I have to, I have to continue. I have to continue. All right, how do you juggle being tied up with sports for over half a year with football and track and also handling all the responsibilities that you have? This is the final question I have for you. I like asking the adults this question because there's a lot of, there's really, you know, one like general answer, no. but there's a lot of different ways you can go with this question. That's true. And the one big answer I'm going to give you is that if it wasn't the support of my wife and my family, I would never be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're football people. My son coaches. My son coached here this year. Uh, you know, my daughter coached. Um, you know, but when they were small, my my wife would videotape their games, and I would watch it later <laughs> at night. Um, but after football, I wasn't doing track then. I would. I never missed a thing that they did, and you know that that meant a lot. It means a lot to me. But we're we're a tight family. We usually, uh, you know, as a group. You know, Coach Carroll, my other brother, my sister, we all get together, at, you know, for holidays, meals. You know, it's 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 big. Speaking of holidays, you know, Turkey Day was just the other day, right? Yes, it was. Floor. So how, how was your Thanksgiving? You know, I had to ask that. You okay. Know, I'm, a, I'm a person at the end of the day, you know? I mean, my, my Thanksgiving was fantastic because, I, as I just said to you, my, our whole family had gotten together at Coach Carroll's house. Uh, they was in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 people. <laughs> um, that hasn't happened in a while because we each have, you know, like I have a grandson and everybody has grandchildren and it's tough to be in the same place on the same day, you know, at the same mm-hmm. time. So Too many people. Yeah, it was truly a blessing. But I started the day off coaching a football game at the Nassau County All-Stars <laughs> with Trevor Watts. Oh, I heard about that. Yes. Trevor had a great day. I coached the defense for Nassau County. We didn't do so well for conferences of one and four. But I'm gonna tell you, it was—it's a great experience. All right, D. Carroll. You know, I appreciate your time. You're a very busy man. I appreciate you being here. And hey. anything else you want to say to the listeners? Uh, just stay tuned for some of the guys that'll be coming your way because they have some 
great stuff to talk about. They're they're fine young men, and if they weren't, I wouldn't be doing this. And, and I enjoy every minute of it. All right, take care. All right. Now that we got Coach Carroll out the way and my reaction to him talking about my brother out the window, we will move on to Winter Track's very own, Patrick Movey. I am here with track star Patrick Movey. Pat, I was talking to Coach Carroll earlier, and he only had great things to say about you. How has your coach impacted you over these few years? Honestly, he's just been such a source of constant uh, inspiration and guidance because he's always able to just tell us exactly what we need to do to improve ourselves individually and as a team. <laughs> I have a question. So during practice, is it really just you guys just run? Like, do you guys do exercise or anything? Like, or it's well, just running? Well, I mean, before you have to do, like, different warm-ups and stuff, get loose, get warm. But there's always different warm-ups for different distances, different speeds, you know, what you need to do. So for track, it's not just track. It's track and field. So can you name all the sports that are in there? Uh, yeah, like, we, we got certain guys doing uh, long jump, like Michael Prada. Okay, and shot put too? Or is that spring? Yeah, we got shot put, long jump, high jump, you know. Okay. All right, there's no denying the fact that you are a scholar. You are ranked number three in the senior class, even though I think I should have been number three instead of you, but that's besides the point. How do you juggle doing track pretty much all year round and also taking several AP and honors classes? Honestly, it's all about time management. It's just I know what I have to do, and I know I got to get it done quick, you know. All right, you're one of the best in the school when it comes to academics, so are there any tips you'd want to give the listeners? Uh, and me, also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you definitely got to prioritize your studying because I know it's been said to all the athletes by, like, Mr. Ramirez, but it's called a student-athlete. The student always got to come first, you know? Oh, that's a good one. I, didn't even, yeah, I yeah. never even thought of that. That's a good one. I also asked this question to your fellow runner, Liam Graf. Uh, this was a little while ago, though. <laughs> how do you wake up in the morning and decide, oh, yeah, I want to run today? Like, how does that work? Because how could you just wake up and want to run? I don't Honestly, get it. I don't really think it's about running for me because personally, I just like the competition. I like improving myself and just facing off against other people who also want to do their best, you know? You've been running for a long time. Like, what inspired you to run? Uh, honestly, I, I was just like seeing Usain Bolt and like, I thought he was Oh, the Usain Bolt. Guy, yeah, he was you know? so, oh, he's so fast. So fast. It was, it was inspiring, you know? Do you know his secret? His apparent secret? I heard, oh, it was, I heard it was the yams. I heard it was eating a lot of yams. If I knew a secret, hopefully I'd be up there. You need to eat some yams, big guy. All right, but anyway, how do you keep yourself focused and dedicated to your craft? Uh, honestly, it's just, it's like a constant pursuit because I know if I falter or, like, just don't give it my all, there's always going to be someone working harder and there's going to be someone who can, like, overtake me, you know? There are a lot of different athletes and a lot of different talents that I've seen, at least, in this winter track squad. Who do you think is some of the best runners and just athletes in general? Uh, you definitely got to be looking out for, like, on our team specifically, we got Jeremy Jean-Baptiste doing great with the hurdles. You got other runners. I know Liam's injured right now, but once he makes his comeback, hopefully he'll be doing good with the long distance. We got jumpers, as I said, Mike Prada. Do you know much about um, Justin Ross? I heard he's really been developing with the hurdles. Yeah, he's been actually working with it for, I think, a year or two now. And honestly, he's just been making leaps and bounds because he was actually at... I think the county beat last year, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, doing the uh, 400 hurdles. So he's been putting in a lot of work. And um, there are a lot of runners in the past, just past year, like uh, Michael Ransom mm -hmm. and Javon Walker. Like you talk about some of them, and Matusha too as well. Yeah, talk right. about some of them and what type of impact they had on you. Oh, definitely seeing people like Matu, considering we both like sometimes do the 400. Seeing someone like Matu just putting his all out there and just knowing someone that closely that I could just look up to and get help and tips from definitely helped. 
and Matu also was one of the best runners that I've seen. And like, what do you, if you had to like rank him amongst one of the best that you've seen, like what is it, like top percent of like top 10% of the oh, best you've seen or like what? Yeah, definitely. Matu's top 10%. He was giving it his all at like state cues and all that. I think he almost, I think he did actually do a sub 50 lap, which is pretty impressive. All right, and you are a senior now and you've seen a lot of things in your lengthy career. Who are some of the people that really helped you out and inspired you when you were a freshman? Gotta say, my brother, because he was a senior, so oh, he's really? actually the one who kind of got me into all this. Oh, how did that feel, having a brother that's a, also Honestly, in the same school as you? It, it helped me get into it because I know a lot of freshmen come in, they're scared, they got like no idea who they can turn to, but it definitely helped having him. And then there was uh, Will Salmon, he was real good, did the mile. Since you have people to really like help you and help you develop, do you try to push that to the younger generation now? Oh yeah, I'm definitely trying to be a leader to all the younger guys because uh, it's always about like respect and looking up to each other, you know. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you've been a part of Bruin. You've been a, you've been a Bruin for about four years now. This is your final year. You know, sadly you have to graduate. Yeah. What is your favorite part about being a Bruin? Honestly, it's like it's the bonds because all these people that I've been running with and working with past four years like I wouldn't trade that for anything <sighs> Pat unfortunately I don't want to make this a 15 hour episode because I could yeah. talk track for days you know I don't I don't know that much but I'm trying I'm trying okay Appreciate so it. is there anything you want to end off with and say to the listeners honestly you just got to keep watching out for Bolton track we're on the come up this season there it is I know a lot of you guys don't know a lot about marksmanship and I don't either so to start it off we'll talk to coach Palumbo pick his brain a little bit and find out what this is all about all right, with me today, Coach Palumbo. How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. All right, so you are the coach for the marksmanship team, which is the most under-the-radar team that Bowden has to offer, as you know, for obvious reasons, actually, in fact. What are the requirements for this sport, and how do people get picked? So this is a very interesting sport, uh, like you said, and we like to keep it under the radar for that reason. Um, I treat this team that I took over in uh, 2005 as a scholar-athlete team. I don't publicly announce it around the school. I don't make announcements when it's um, or, uh, when it's time for tryouts. What I do is I um, go visiting the ninth grade science honor classes. So I visit the ninth grade honors biology living environment classes, and I basically explain to the kids in the class that we're looking for students that might have some... Um, um, some knowledge in guns, maybe Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, hunters, um, people who have BB guns, soft uh, airsoft guns, and that are looking for a different type of sport. Um, in order to be on this sport, uh, kids must have an 85 or better overall GPA. Um, like any sport, you have to be academically eligible. So if you can't maintain that academic grade then we just don't want you this year maybe next year but we'd rather you go back to your grades and in order to find out how their grades are when they come to the first meeting along with getting an attendance and um in order in, in, besides getting a physical and a permission slip i give them a little report card where they have to get filled out by their teachers. And their teachers basically tell me how the kid's doing in the class, what their average is, are they participating? And basically, even before I decide to bring them to their first practice, I look over their grades. And if they seem to be a well-rounded student academically, then I'll put them on the list to show up for the first practice, per se. So we look at grades first. Okay, so you said you went to ninth grade biology honors classes. Mm -hmm. 
What if you're in a 10th grade or 11th grade and you want to do it? Well, most likely if they're in a 10th or 11th grade, I already went to their classes in 9th grade. But if they're not in the honors program, I teach other classes that are not honors classes. So I teach regents classes. I actually have two regents classes this year. And I throw it out there. I throw it out to my students. Um, if I have a class that I feel like is kids that I don't think I would want to be handing a gun to or bringing them to a place like a gun range, I might talk to one or two kids on the side and say, would you be interested in this? And I actually did that with a sophomore this year. Um, and some of them say yes, some of them turn around and say no. But I've had sophomores and juniors who've just showed up at my meeting and said, is this the rifle meeting? And I, I welcome them right in. You know, So I'm not gonna turn any, anybody away until I really get an idea of who they are. Okay, so like I mentioned earlier, this sport is under the radar, not a sport you hear about trying out for, like you said, or even hear about scores. I don't know if they do scores in the announcement for this sport, but I haven't heard anything. So people don't really understand the scoring system of this of the scoring system of this sport. Can you break down the scoring system and tell me how it works? Yep. Well, like the ladies were saying earlier, each kid is going to shoot at a target that's 10 yards away. So it's about 30 feet. And on this target, there's 10 little bullseyes. If you can hit a bullseye, you get 10 points. So if you hit 10 bullseyes on one target, you can have 100 points. Each kid shoots two targets. So the top score that each kid can earn is 200 points. Um, that being said, when we shoot in a match, we have our best four shooters shoot against an opponent's best four shooters. So if you think about four shooters, 200 points each, the maximum amount of points that a team can earn is 800 points. So that's how the scoring would work. What was the most amount of points you've gotten in a game in your so career? So in, in my career at, at Baldwin, the highest that a Baldwin team has ever shot for me I believe was 696 points. Very solid. I've had one young lady um, years ago, her name was Rachel Popovic. I think 2005 or 2006, she shot a 192 out of 200. She was good. That's good. Yeah, she was good. That's good. How many schools on Long Island do this? Uh, we have nine schools, uh, eight public schools, and one Catholic school. What are those schools? Uh, so we've got Baldwin, Freeport, Belmore JFK, Garden City, Glen Cove, Suwanica, Massapequa, and Valley Stream. The one Catholic school is Shamanah. With, uh, which Valley Stream? Is Valley Stream all like one thing? Yeah, it so it's it's the Valley, Valley Stream School District, but it's run through the Central High School. Okay, okay. So this isn't your first year coaching, no. clearly. Yeah. How long have you been doing this? So I've been... Um, coaching since 2005 for the rifle team. Um, I took it over when Tim Morse, he was a science teacher that retired. So I took over in 2005, so it'll be 14 years now. And then I've coached um, uh, boys varsity soccer and girls JB lacrosse here at Baldwin also. You're a very busy man, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what was the funniest or wackiest thing that's happened during one of those matches in your career? During one of the matches? During one of the rifle matches? Yes. You take your time for me too. You know, it's funny. Uh, being that we are shooting guns in, in, a, in a rifle match, you don't really have too many funny things that happen. But one of the wackiest things that happened was in my first year coaching, we were up in Glen Cove, and they shoot their rifles in their school cafeteria. So they don't actually have a range. They shoot in the school cafeteria, and they use pins to pin the targets to the wall. And um, it was my first time there, so my kids put one pin on top and one pin on the bottom. And literally, as soon as the match started, one of my seniors, this kid, Tom Cuomo, shot his pin 
and the pin made the target sort of come off the wall, but it got stuck and it was literally hanging there. And I looked at the other coach to be like, can we stop the match and fix it? And he turned around and said, no, that was his fault for not wow. pinning it correctly. And my kid, Tom, actually had his best shooting day ever, and we ended up beating Glenn Cove that day. Oh, so it was actually man. one of those wacky situations that just worked out. I know that coach is mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you've seen a lot of things, a lot of different talents across Long Island. Who are some of the top competitors in your conference, and what do they have that rivals our team? So um, usually the better schools in this sport are the schools that have a range that they're able to use within their own school. So Valley Stream, they have their own range in their junior high school. And Massapequa has their own range in their high school. Suwanica has their own range in their high school. And Glen Cove, like I told you, has their own range in their school cafeteria. So the teams that have their own range get more practice time. Mm -hmm. So their school day ends and they're in the range shooting three, four, five lines of practice a day. Baldwin, even though we have a range in district, does not allow us to use the range. There, back in the day was a range at Plaza Elementary School and kids used to go to Plaza Elementary and we would practice and hold matches there. Um, that was in like the 80s and 90s. They ended up closing that range down and there was a range here at Baldwin Senior High School in our basement. Um, they've closed that range down and so because of that, every day we have to take a bus to the Nassau County Rifle Range in Uniondale, which sort of stinks because our school day ends at 2.30 we don't get a bus till 3.30, and we don't really get start shooting till about 4.15. So being that we lose so much time, it's practice time that we're losing. So we sometimes just can't meet those other scores that these other teams are putting up. We still compete. We still compete. And that being said, we beat Freeport yesterday, who has their own range. Oh, so, a great win. Yeah. What was the score that you said? So 642, 642 to 640. Oh, wow. Close one. That's a really close one. So who are some of the people that are returning to the team and what special potential is on the team that you've noticed? Well, we have three seniors that are back. Um, you've already spoken to Marie Drew. Marie is a senior, four-year senior. Um, she's been on the varsity team, I believe, all four of those years. I'm absolutely positive it's been three years for sure. And Marie has probably been one of our top shooters. I believe last year she ended the season with a 170 um, or a 172, a high score. So as a senior, I expect and know with time, she'll be hitting the 170s. I believe just the other day she was in the 160s. Um, next to Marie, we have um, Chloe. And Chloe is a four-year returning varsity, uh, four-year returning shooter. I believe it's her third year on varsity. And Chloe, um, towards the end of last year, got really, really hot. And like the girls were saying earlier, it's just a matter of time until she gets back into that groove. We're still trying to figure out her stance, um, her, her shooting um, I think she puts a lot of pressure on herself but she's gonna figure it out and bring that score right back up and the third returning senior is Maya Ross Maya is a third year varsity returning uh, shooter um, she learned from her older brother Ben who shot for me and Maya is actually picking up very quick very early with one of the new rifles she's actually turned it on really well so the three of them are pretty much our three seniors our three captains 
So what inspired you to take on this responsibility? Because this isn't an easy task. No, it's definitely not an easy task. And it's very funny. Um, when I first was given the opportunity to coach this sport, I truly didn't know too much about it. I've, I've hunted in the past. I've shot guns in the past um, um, with family members who, who own guns. But um, it was just something that was different. And, you know, even though I've coached soccer and I played soccer my whole life in high school, um, and I knew about soccer and I coached lacrosse and I played lacrosse growing up as a little kid and played in high school it was just something that was different so it was just a challenge that I wanted to take on so I was going to ask you what inspired you to do this but your inspiration was the challenge aspect yeah the challenge just something different you know I just wanted to try something different and I love it it's actually pretty cool Alright, so I try to ask this question to all the adults that I talk to uh, all the coaches that I personally bring on the show uh, how do you juggle coaching for marksmanship refing for basketball games teaching and also being there for your family you know, it, it's it's definitely tough. And um, I was just talking to someone this morning. I actually haven't been home for dinner three nights this week. So here it is. It's Thursday night, and I haven't had a sit-down dinner with my wife and kids one night this week. And it's tough. It's definitely tough. You know, I'm out of the house by 7 o'clock in the morning, and I love coming to Baldwin. I mean, it's it's been 23 spectacular years. The kids here are awesome, and I have a lot of fun. Um, I come to school every day. I never look at it as work. You know, when that school day ends, whether I'm running to a soccer game or practice, a rifle match or practice, a lacrosse game or practice, whether I'm going to ref a game, going to tutor a kid, it works because my wife has always had my back and has helped me to make it work. Um, I'm married now 20 years. Um, my wife is my best friend. We've been together for like almost 30 years. And she's just awesome. She just makes it all work. So... You know, it's pretty good. And my, my kids are old enough now that they're learning that, you know, all my hard work is for them. Shout out to Palumbo's family. Yeah, it's good. Kids. They're all great people, I can just tell. All right, Palumbo, that's really all I have to talk to you about today. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? No, I appreciate you having me on here. This is great. I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. So thank you very much. I appreciate you being here. And now Tyler will interview Chloe Socking and Marie Drew. Today I'm with Chloe and Marie. How are you guys? How are you girls doing today? Good. Good. Okay. Okay. So you guys are doing marksmanship, correct? Yes. Okay. So now it's time to hop into the questions. How did you guys find out about marksmanship? Because I've never heard anything like any announcement about it, but I knew it was a thing. So Mr. Palumbo came into our classroom um, freshman year. He comes into all the honors biology classes because we are a scholar athlete team. So he wants the honors kids primarily to be involved in the sport. And then he just told us about the team. Um, we went to the information meeting and it all started from there. Yeah, Palumbo was my bio teacher for Honors Bio, so he just told me about it and I wanted to join, so yeah. When you guys first heard about it, did you really want to do it or was it just like a, oh, get out of my face kind of thing? No, I actually, I've, I've always like liked um, target practice. I've done it like over the summers with my, my family and it's a good sport to be involved in, so I was excited to start. Yeah, that summer I shot a gun for the first time and it was a lot of fun, so, um, and marksmanship is basically just that, so I wanted to do it. You said that it's primarily honors kids, but is it only honors kids? Um, the thing is, like, he asks for our grades, mm -hmm. like, to actually join the team, so you <coughs> yeah. need, like, good grades. To... So our team is a scholar-athlete team, so basically... Um, even to just get on the team to begin with, to be able to go to practices, you have to get your teachers to fill out um, a form with all your grades and just your behavior to make sure like you're qualified to be part of this team. So 
can you can you break down the game really quick and just like tell me what it is, what goes on, yeah. a little bit okay. of rules maybe. So, uh, so we start every practice and match by setting up. So we have um, our scopes, which are basically just long poles with our um, our sights on the end yeah. of it, and then we set up our personal targets. And then when it's time to begin the match, we go to each position. So every shooter has their own little lane that they stay in. Yeah, and there's five. There's five lanes. Um, and then you have 30 minutes to shoot 20 shots, um, not including four practice shots. And there are um, 20 little targets, 10 per each paper. So you shoot one shot for the 10 um, targets. Yeah. And basically, once those 30 minutes are up, you score it. And whichever score, um, whichever team has the best score would win the match. Yeah. What is the highest score you girls have gotten yourselves? Well, we've only had one match so far. So on our practice, our like combined score, so what day was it, Tuesday? Yeah. So on Tuesday, we shot a 642, which was good. Considering our previous practice, we shot a 639. So we've been progressing yeah, every single like day. Yeah, that's like our team score. Yeah. How many people are on the team? On varsity, there's five people usually, or six yeah. people that he brings. And if there is a JV, a JV team that's competing, then there's around five of them too. Okay, well, many people are ignorant and don't want to believe that marksmanship is really a sport because they don't really see any running or activity, stuff like that. I'm sure you guys have heard that a lot. Can you really, like, explain how it is a sport and the hard work that gets put into it? Yeah, so um, marksmanship, even though we're not um, athletically, you know, running around, jumping over things, um, having, like, agility and, like, that sort of training, it's a lot, just as any other sport is, it's very mental. A lot of focus. A lot of focus, and you have to be... It's a skill that you like craft over time. So we still compete against other schools. We still have that sense of um, competitiveness. And teamwork. And teamwork, yes, because everyone's scores get combined. So Mr. Palumbo said this um, yesterday at our match. There's In this sport, I is in team because how you perform impacts how everyone else performs. So um, yeah, it's, it's fun, it's a good time. Yeah, true. The skills that you learn from marksmanship, I know this is kind of, you know, kind of a out of the way question, but with the skills that you learn, what do you do? You plan on like putting them into use outside of school, outside of high school at least, like at a college level, or maybe be a police officer or something. I don't know anything like that. Um, for me personally, I don't plan on like pursuing like the actual sport outside of high school because it is very like difficult to come by. It's not as common in colleges as um, like football or baseball would be. But I believe that the skills we learn in marksmanship aren't just um, target practice skills. It's a lot of mental focus and determination. So I know me and Chloe both want to join the medical field. So when it comes to um, just patient care and you know, different tactics that we're gonna have to do in the medical field, having precision and calm, calmness, I guess, and yeah. determination to like have that precision would definitely help us in the future. Yeah, I feel like a lot of colleges have like ROTC programs, which um, we don't have here, but- um, What is that? ROTC, it's basically yeah. where, um, it's you're in school, but you're also learning and training to eventually join like the, the military force. So I know Freeport has one um, for the high school students. I think it's in coordination with the Marines. And basically you do training and you learn about the military without actually joining the military, but it's in hopes in the future you will join the military. So that would be a good. Yeah, something yeah. that looks like, similar with this to 
college program. That's interesting. I, I didn't even know anything about that. Yeah. I thought it was just, you know, like after school, yeah. you know, if you want to join the force or not. But what are the rules for marksmanship? Um, the rules, we just, oh, we can't, like, for the targets, we can't, like, shoot it twice. Cause then yeah, you that lose, would be a like, penalty against yeah. yourself. And um, basically a lot of things have to do with, I would say the... <laughs> Just try not to like step yeah. over the line. There's a line that we stand on and we basically can't cross the line because we shoot at thir- um, how, 10 yards? Yeah, 10 yards. We shoot at 10 yards. So there's a line... Like 10 meters? Wait. It was 10 yards. Yes, 10 there's, yards. <laughs> <laughs> there's a line basically that your feet cannot cross because obviously that would give yeah. you a bit of an advantage because you're closer to the target. Um, as far as timing goes, you have 30 minutes to shoot your 20 shots. Um, so if you don't get all your shots in in that time, you get a penalty for each of the shots you didn't take. And yeah, that's basically yeah, it. They're just the safety rules. Just yeah, this, obviously the safety rules. Right, but as far as like up. yeah, as far as like the match rules, those are basically it. I saw something where it was kind of like with the marksmanship, they were like laying down. Is that how you guys? Oh no, oh, no. Not prone. <laughs> so how do you? Yeah. So how do you guys? We're standing up and yeah. Yeah, you stand. You basically stand. Um, we stand basically for 30 minutes without moving, which which is enough, back to what you said before about it not being a sport. Um, Mr. Palumbo, I remember he said this the the first day that like we went shooting. It's this is the sport where the less you move, the better you yeah, are. So true. we um we stand with our two feet glued to the floor and you don't move for 30 minutes, which can get a little tiring, but yeah. it's what makes us good. So. Do you think this is an easy sport? Because I don't really think it is, based on what I'm hearing. I don't think it's an easy sport. No, it is probably the hardest. <laughs> I mean, I play softball, and this is definitely a lot harder than softball. Justin, it's so mental, and you have one chance for each shot, or else you get, like, a huge penalty. So with that one shot, you have to not be in your head so much where you mess up. Yeah, I feel like if anything impacts your day, just emotionally, that can cause just problems when you yeah. shoot. If something bad happens, like a bad test score or anything, like that yeah. can just change your whole entire match day. Yeah, the sport, it, even though it is our team competing against another team, it's a lot of you versus yourself and, you know, having that like focus mentally. And Chloe, you were talking about test scores, so why don't we talk about <laughs> academics a little bit? Talk about academics. So you two are both scholars. Chloe, you were number two above Patrick Mulvey, who we also had in the show. And Marie, you're not top 10, but you definitely have grades and a GPA that excels the majority of the class. How do you guys juggle doing marksmanship, sports, and also having extensive schoolwork? Honestly, with marksmanship, like we get some downtime while the other people are going to like do homework. So like that's a big plus. And um, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I would. I think it's even though we um, we get back to the school pretty late, um, usually around like six thirty, which is I would say almost like an hour, an hour and a half after like the usual sports. But we also how marksmanship goes is we have two lines that shoot, so we have two thirty-minute sessions. So after one session goes, we have that other downtime. And I feel like marksmanship, even after you do like a physical like other like one of the other sports let's say like basketball you get very like tired and like drained afterwards and marksmanship it's you have that like focus while you're shooting but you also have that like fun time with your teammates to just like hang out so I don't get as like tired physically afterwards so it's easy just to balance yeah that's true and just like not procrastinating your work (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
So, like, at, to- at home, you guys have a lot of downtime because you get to do your work at marksmanship, or is it still just, you know, Oh, no. 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 <laughs> There's never downtime. <laughs> I understand. I feel you on that one. I haven't asked this question to anybody yet, and I'm glad I get to ask it to you two first. How does it feel to actually be a senior? Because I remember in the summer, we were talking in the, the little senior group chats, everything. I, nobody could believe that we were seniors. You know, it's been a long four years. So how does it feel to finally be a senior? I just said this, um, like, during yeah, gym. I, we don't, it doesn't feel real. Like, it's like time went so fast. And I remember freshman year, I was on the bus going to my first marksmanship match. And, and now so we're getting, older. each match gets closer and closer to our last. And it's it's bittersweet, but it's been good. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can't believe it. I really, like, it's like I want to leave, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah, leave Yeah, I understand, yeah. Like, I don't know. And then college <laughs> is just a lot of stress pressure, but it's okay. How does the how has the marksmanship experience really impacted you as a person, other than just skills wise? Because we know mental skills, ability, stuff like that. That's what taught you guys. Um, I think it's impacted me because I've learned a lot of time management. I've learned a lot of I've learned a lot about myself. Even though that sounds like I feel like no matter what sport you play, you kind of learn something about yourself. And I think the sport has taught me. Um, a lot about you know how much your like mind impacts your decisions and how much um what you're thinking about can impact you in other ways so i think that's something that i've taken out of the sport yeah i feel like i learned a lot about like controlling my anxiety especially yeah. when i'm shooting and like trying to keep my heart rate down yeah it's definitely mind over matter in the sport yeah well we have Coach Palumbo over there. I mean, they obviously can't see, but Palumbo's over there somewhere. I don't know Palumbo too well, and I haven't talked to him. So for me and for the people that are listening, can you talk a little bit about your coach and what he really means to you? Um, he's an amazing coach. Like, sometimes you have bad days, but like, he makes us feel better about ourselves, even if we don't shoot as well. And it's really nice because he's not very strict. So Yeah, even yeah. though this is a sport and even though we are competitive, um, Palumbo is just a great coach in general to have because I remember last year I was having a lot of problems with my gun, like um, technical problems and also problems with myself just as how I was shooting. And I remember I was getting so frustrated and Palumbo just was always there encouraging me even though my scores were not that good for um, about a week or so when we were trying to fix up the gun. But it was good just to have that encouragement. He always puts a smile on our faces and we always joke around. So he's a great coach. How was how has marksmanship brought you two and the rest of your teammates and your coach also together as like friends and family? Oh yeah, we're we're a big family. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, even we have that time on the bus. We always talk. <laughs> we always talk and just um, we just goof around. Even though it's a very serious sport and even though we take our safety as like top priority, we always just goof around and dance. <laughs> yeah. we're always silly. So guys, just having fun. Yeah, that's the main that's the main yeah. thing you do. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> All right, I kind of stole this question from Yao, but it's the last question I have for you guys. If you could, exp- if you could describe your Bolden experience in one word, what would it be? My Bolden experience, let's see. In one word? Um, Take your time. I don't know. I would say, all right, this isn't one word, but I would say it's been like a wild ride. Because... Everyone, I think we've all had our ups and downs, and there are days where I'm just like, I want to get out of here. Yeah, but there I'd are days chaotic. where, there are days where like, I'm just with my friends and I'm with my teachers, and we're at clubs and we're doing activities, and it's just like, oh, I'm gonna miss this when it's gone. But 
it's been it's been real yeah <laughs> it's been a long four years yeah it's been a long four years but it's also been like so short so it's been good though yeah that's true all right, I appreciate both of you guys for being here. I'm glad I get to speak to you guys. I didn't know that much more marksmanship, but now I'm a little bit enlightened. I appreciate it. And is there anything else you guys want to say to anybody listening? Um, I guess we have our next match today. Wish us oh, luck. Yeah. <laughs> against Salonica. And Vera. we won our match Yeah, yesterday. oh, we won our match yesterday against Freeport. Um, six, 6.42 was our school in the our score and they had a 640 so it was a close match but we won our first match and it's setting a good tone for the rest of the season yes. so i'm very excited check in with us we'll tell you about our scores <laughs> all right good luck with your game later today guys thank, thank you. you and now we bring you guys your pod star of the week coincidentally both i tyler and mr ramirez had the same athlete in mind our pod star of the week this week is khalil cuff Khalil was 5-0 this week, which included a pin versus Hicksville and a 4-0 record in the Hank Paris tournament. Congrats to Khalil. But now we move over to upcoming events. Boys basketball will face Roosevelt in their home opener at 6 p.m. on December 12th. Girls varsity basketball, on the other hand, will face St. Mary's at 2 p.m. on December 14th in Baldwin. Boys Wrestling will travel on the road to Oceanside at 5.30 p.m. for a dual meet on December 11th. Co-ed Marksmanship will face both Valley Stream and Belmore Merrick this week on December 10th and December 12th respectively, both happening at 4.15 p.m. Boys Bowling will face Roosevelt on December 9th at 4.30 p.m. and Freeport on December 12th also at 4.30 p.m. The girls bowling team also follows the same schedule with all the matches happening at our local Baldwin Lanes. Boys Winter Track will have their second meet of the season on December 10th versus various teams at East Meadow High School at 6.30 p.m. And the same thing goes for the girls. Thank you guys for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to listen on all platforms. Next week, we continue our winter season previews with another four interviews. We have Coach LaForgia from Varsity Bowling, Coach Buckley from Winter Track, Gordon Lee from Varsity Bowling, and Strashenia Joseph from Girls Varsity Track. Thank you guys for listening on this edition. We know it was a long one, but now as the winter season begins to... Coming to full swing, we have all the coverage for you. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Baldwin Sports Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.